everyone. Welcome back to another episode of Unapologetically Anxious Me, Confessions of a Haitian Girl in Small Town, Minnesota. I'm your host, Joe, and I'm back with my husband, Lana. Hey, hey. And we are actually recording on our way, on the highway, on our way to pick up our kids um, for the night. And so if you hear loud in the background that's just the sound of us driving <laughs> the road um, and so we're trying to enunciate as much as possible I just wanted to jump in and say a quick hello and just talk a little bit with you guys it's been a while I yes, I am in the middle of self-publishing my book if you have been following me on Instagram or Facebook where most people are following me um, you are able to keep up with pretty much everything I'm doing in real time and so we're shooting for a book release by the end of spring and I've got so much going on and finalizing the manuscript and all these different things um, I've had a lot of anxiety throughout the process so you know She's been very busy. my no, normal thing is to do my mental health check so that's a nice little segue into it <laughs> Um, but the book itself has been really emotionally draining from the writing process to the editing process to the just having the confidence to put it out there and let people see it. And um, that's been really, uh, it's been a learning process. I'm learning a lot about myself. Um, I'm trying to get better at being confident about what I do and where I'm at and I've been doing a lot of speaking engagements lately and it's becoming easier to really maybe been crushing it. you know yeah. really it's become real, a lot easier to control my anxiety um, when I'm in a space that I'm completely comfortable in and in a space where I'm getting to talk about what I want to talk about and really have an opinion on important issues that are that affect me and my life and things that I go through every single day it's really exciting so actually just getting the chance to put that all down on paper and go through the process of writing it it's really done wonders for my mental health and um, I'm still in a place where I'm trying to heal from a lot of different things and I think it really um, put everything into perspective and so I'm really excited to share that with you guys this spring and um, definitely keep up and um, follow me on Girl Cloud's Patreon if you want to directly donate to the book. Um, that is what we're doing now. I did have a GoFundMe. I did have a Venmo and all that going on but I've decided to forgo all that and put it into one streaming um, space and Girl Cloud Media is me and Heather's uh, company and it is our production and media company and so Unapologetically Anxious Me, the book, is going to be our first real big project. So um, I'm just really excited to share that with you guys and I, I think I'm just ready to like get it out and do it now. I think getting some verbal affirmation from people who have read the book have, you know, taken in some of the manuscript. Um, that has really helped with me feeling better about what I'm putting out there and trying to tame my inner editor self from <laughs> slicing and dicing um, at willy-nilly, which is something I definitely do often.
Um, so one of the big things I definitely wanted to jump on and talk to you guys about um, is Bachelor Nation. Um, we're actually hearing quite the scandal or, you know, they, they, they've got quite the shakeup going on right now. And um, if you've seen it on the news or entertainment TV, you will know that Chris Harrison, the host um, for the last 20 plus seasons since the beginning of the show, it has stepped back or stepped aside, I should say, um, and is taking some time off. And after comments that he made through a live interview he was doing with Rachel Lindsay on an extra platform, um, and it was just not in a good light and didn't portray, you know, him in the, in the best light. It really made him and Bachelor Nation as a whole sound like they didn't give a flying fuck about the things that are going on yeah, in our society. Know, I, I don't even watch The Bachelor, which I probably will now probably start getting into watching since I've had everybody getting on me about that. Anyways, um, <laughs> yeah, I, I saw the interview. It, I definitely, it was very cringeworthy. Very. He, he was bullying her the entire time. I yeah. Know, like the way he spoke to her. But that's, that, that's the norm though, isn't it? With, yeah. And you know, what he would, I think what makes it worse is that the girl he was defending, Rachel Coconel, has come out and apologized and um, gone on screen and have actually told people like not to defend her because what she did was absolutely horrible and terrible and there's been a lot more than just seeing a picture of her at an old South Annabellum party like there's been other things that are cringeworthy that make you think you know scratch your head a little bit and I think just Bachelor Nation handling their first black bachelor and how they uh, recruited for the contestants and how they really handled this season has just been interesting. Um, I really wanted to be a fan of Matt James. I'm just not a fan of Matt James as like a guy. Maybe it's just like not my taste or what it is. I don't know. I can't quite put my finger on it, but there's something about him that I just can't relate to. Um, I think that something that really, like, stood out to me is that, like, at every turn he's been given, he has heavily defended his choice of, like, being closer to his white side versus his black side, and just because he was raised by his mom, his dad was absent, and, and I'm just thinking about, like, what's coming up with that, and we, in the last episode, we've recently been shown clips after the women tell all we know that he is going to actually have a conversation on camera with his father who he apparently hasn't like shared space with very much at all um, throughout his life and so this doing it on this public platform seems very exploitive of the show and feels a lot very sketchy like that unreal lifetime show you know, that was um, really horrible. We only got through like three definitely seasons for, of definitely it. Definitely for the ratings. Definitely a ratings grabber. Um, I worry about how they're handling Matt James's mental health through this. How Matt James feels.
feels about this, but I think a really positive thing that they've done is they've actually put out um, the fact that Chris Harrison is being replaced, at least for the reunion-esque type show that happens after the final rose. Um, and they are actually having Emmanuel Ocho, um, Ocho, I believe it's pronounced, um, and he is the guy who leads and has the book Uncomfortable Conversations with a Black Man and the YouTube platform Uncom Uncomfortable Conversations with a Black Man, which really took off in 2020, and I think that they really took a great step in the right direction. Um, by bringing him into this. I, I really am interested in seeing the conversation and the dynamic between him and Matt. Um, and Emmanuel has been really open on his platforms about having grown up in a predominantly white community of being a black kid and all of that. So I think there's something that they're definitely going to be able to like relate on. But Emmanuel is very like self-aware. He is very know educated on the subject matter he is very open and so I'm really excited to see like what that comes together as you know on an ABC you know big platform show like The Bachelor so well he's only supposed to be there temporarily anyway though. yeah it's supposed to be temporary but it'd be cool to see him you know go on to do Bachelor in Paradise and all that oh. other stuff you know um, yeah, just show the show in a different life. Totally revamp it. And I think a lot of the things that they keep trying to stick to um, is proving to not be what people want to hear anymore. People want to hear accountability, realness, open conversations, and I think they're handling it the right way. Um, Chris Harrison has come out and done a pre-recorded interview Michael Strahan that was on GMA. I don't even think they've aired the full interview. I think they've just aired clips of it. I saw enough of it. Anyway. And it seems like from what Michael has said also after he interviewed him, he said that like it was very surface, you know. You know, by the book you could tell he was being very like he was very much pulling out his media training. And that should look coached. Very coached. Um, I think it, as bluntly and boldly as he made the statements live, he d we deserve to hear him have a live interview about how, why he did this to begin with and, you know, to actually apologize on a live platform and I think that'd be more meaningful than to know that you're, you're just... You just did a recording that's being sliced and diced to make you look, put you in the best light possible. We yep. all know this is pretty damn hard to like put you in a good light. But, I hate those cookie cutter apologies. Yeah. He, he looked so. It felt. It feels like when he was talking to Rachel, that was him being himself. You could hear him when yeah. he was talking. That didn't sound like him. That sounded forced. Yeah. So the. I mean, these are conversations that I have. Regularly, and I think that it'll be really interesting to see how they handle it. Rachel has already, Rachel Lindsay, um, the bachelor, first black bachelorette that he had this interview with to begin with, um, has talked about this a few times on her own platform um, with uh, my 
Bachelor contestant from Hannah Brown season that I strongly believed should have been their first black Bachelor, and I don't know why it came down to it. Personally, I think they just realized that he wasn't going to be much of a puppet, and um, Matt James is a hella safe choice, it felt like. You know, he just identified um, into their comfort zone, and um, there was something a little too independent, I feel, about like Mike Johnson, um, that they weren't going to be able to really, like, rain you know, in. mold and rein in. And, and honestly, I think that um, they're a very safe franchise and have always played by the book. I mean, they threw a sister on the show finally who was dark skinned and beautiful, but she was still that skinny aesthetic, even though she had the, the shaved head, she was absolutely stunning, but she was still that size two aesthetic, and it, it's, it just, I, I really want to see them step outside of their comfort zone and put some A real more women rep, on there. More representation on them. Way more representation. Um, and, and stop fishing for the, this, like, cheesy headlines with the, like, made-up drama, and it's just too much. I think they, they really need to lean in on just showing real conversations, real people, um, in situations like this, and what that looks like on TV, and I think we've gotten some, we got a really good taste of what that looked like on Rachel's season, but they still definitely, you know, made her look bad wherever it was convenient or, you know, painted her in a certain way um, that made her look desperate or, you know, like she was ready to get engaged to anything. And I, I hated how they did that. She talks a lot about that too on her platforms. But, yep, so I just wanted to stop in, guys, and have this quick conversation. I really, um, am loving some of the changes and some of the conversations that this scandal, whatever you want to call it, is pushing the franchise to have. Um, I think that a lot of the reason why we hear so much defending of Rachel and all these things that are happening is because Rachel is definitely in the final, you know, three of the women. And so we now know she's heading to Fantasy Suites, so we know that she is definitely in the finale, and, and that's a big deal um, if she's actually the woman that uh, James is with right now. You know, not, we don't know that. Um, honestly, I've been having a hard time with Matt James this season. It lacks a lot of depth for me. Matt James seems very, like, dear to headlights most of the time, um, and, and it's, been, it's been a little hard to watch, so... We'll see what happens. I'm definitely going to come back with my opinions, of course, after the final rose airs, yeah. and I'll bring Bay I, on I suppose I, I suppose I have a little bit more context now. I'll start actually watching, paying attention. I mean, it, it, it's it sucks you in. It's a guilty pleasure, but they're they're doing um, good things with the conversations, and they, they they've exposed themselves in a way that's actually helpful I think for the franchise if they lean into it so all right guys I will well everyone I will see you or hear from you or 
talk to you in one way, shape, or form over some social media or something platform in the near future. Please keep following me on Facebook and Instagram. I am really um, excited about all the things that are coming. I'm so excited for you guys to read my book and to just get a little bit of a deeper understanding about me, my past, who I am, and how mental health has played such a big place in that, how racism and dealing with these different things that really take a toll on um, women and women and our black experience. And um, I'm really excited to be able to put that out and to have that conversation and to see what you guys think about it and get your feedback. So um, until next time,